to talk on a Paranormal Lifestyle Podcast. Gigi here. We're going to wrap up this case here with the final episode of the Enfield case. Um, just me on this final episode. So I said when we left off from the previous episode, we were going to start right off on December 14th, 1977. So here we are, December 14th, 1977. What sets this day apart from any other day for the Hodgins family is it is the official day of Janet becoming a woman, if you get my drift. We've all been there, as far as girls. Um, <laughs> so as most, of you, bleh, as most of us know, this is a big deal. And by that, I am meaning as far as like the emotions and the energy that come with that. It could really stir some things up in the spiritual world, I think. And I believe anybody that believes in this case would agree with me uh the amount of emotions and everything that come with all that just wrapped up into one this big personal event for janet was just the beginning of some paranormal happenings as the baker's roundman was making his rounds he heard some unusual noises coming from 284 green street he looks up and in the window he sees janet floating in the air there was toys and other objects floating around her as well now this was in in her room uh and then unknowing to him, on the other side of the street was a woman, Hazel Short. She stands by what she seen, and you can watch the interview with her as well um, online. She saw the same thing. Uh, so that's two eyewitnesses that we had that managed to look up into Janet's bedroom window and seeing her levitating off of her bed in horizontal. And then the toys and books and blocks and what have you were floating all around her too. That's pretty crazy. Now, if you go and you find the interview with Hazel Short, she said that she was like, what the hell did I just see? So she goes home and tries to like pick herself up in that way. I'm not really for sure how she tried to do that, but pretty much she tried to go home and levitate, levitate herself. Couldn't happen. You should probably go YouTube that interview. Um, but wait, there's more. What happens next raises so many more questions and will put people on the, on either side of the fence right on the middle. They were all sitting in the living room, including Maurice, and out of nowhere, they hear a dog bark. No one there has a dog. They were all in the, they were all in the living room together. So Maurice could see it wasn't the girls playing a joke. So that, and of course, he wants to continue documenting everything. I mean, that is why he's been there so long, 14 months total. So he hooks up his mics and he wants to um, question whatever's there making the barking noises. So I'm going to insert that little, insert that little blurb of the dog's barking that he got on recording. With this voice, Janet Clam claims this time it felt like it was speaking right through her instead of coming from behind her. Rosalind from the news station wanted in on this so she could record any happenings as well. This is what she got. As we get more into this particular recording, the entity lets us know who it is, or at least at least who it wants us to believe that it is. I want you to tell me whether you remember what happened to you when you died. I was blind. Then I had an image, and not first sleep, and I died in a chair in a court downstairs. After this, of course, everyone was like, what the hell? And Maurice did flat out tell Janet that he 
thought it was coming out of her. She, of course, said it wasn't and said that it felt like it was coming from behind her, like I just previously said. Maurice started having her um, put water in her mouth and and or um, tape, tape and water in her mouth um, when the entity wanted to come through via voice. Even doing this, the voice still came through. Um, now, if you've seen any of these videos, she looks normal sitting there, but the voice is creepy as fuck. Like, you see there's also video when she does have the water and the um, tape over her mouth and then takes it out and she spits the water out like it's been in there, but the voice is still coming through, which is, that's the part that's like, what the hell? So this is when the questions arise about where a deep voice like that comes from within the throat. Because, of course, you need to try to debunk everything in any which way possible. Like, what muscles in the throat are needed to make a voice like this? What makes me question this as a believer is the question on how did she do it when her mouth was full of water and tape. Also, it is said a voice like that makes you use your vocal fold, which is about which is right above the larynx. Which, if you do this voice for more than a few minutes, it could cause permanent damage. Now, some of these people that witnessed this voice coming through Janet, um, and they said that they have tried to mimic this, um, and they couldn't do it for over a few minutes and ended up losing their voices and or really, really bad sore throats. And that was just from a few minutes. There's, um, now keep in mind, sometimes this voice would come through for hours at a time. When it stopped, Janet could talk just fine with her normal voice. She had no strain in her vocal cords whatsoever from doing this voice for hours and hours like i said though if you some of these videos it'll show her and margaret sitting next to each other margaret kind of doesn't like like it phases her but doesn't phase her i don't know if she's just used to it or what but it's it is very very creepy the voice also the voice as you guys have heard didn't use very childlike language so like it used language like we do on the show you know like adult language because here is a clip well, besides all the other swearing that you've heard it do. So at this point, um, Maurice asked his son Bill to come to the residence and question the entity. Bill was beyond interested in learning about everything in this case. Um, he wanted to know everything that had taken place so far and where these things have taken place. He was setting up in the downstairs and heard some commotion upstairs, so he quietly heads up and peeks in the crack of Janet's door, and then he hears... So after this, he sets up to question the entity, and what um, he gets is kind of creepy. Tell me, when do you remember what happened to you when you died? So, after all that happened and the recordings had gotten out of her stating that she, at that time, was Bill Wilkins and um, how he had died, uh, a few months had passed and the man by the name of Terry Wilkins contacted Mrs. Gr- Mr. Gross and informed him that that was his father's voice and some of what she said in detail was true. But also with all that being said, I did some deeper research. I will go over more toward the end of the episode. So he does say, it's kind of like if you go and you look at that interview with Mr. Gross and um, Terry Wilkins, it was kind of, I don't want to say, lack of a better term, a, a bland explanation of how he had passed. Now, 
it, I'll just wait until the end because <laughs> I don't want to spoil the, the story part of this. So in July 1978, Peggy, Gross, and Playfair had Janet admitted to the psych hospital for eval testing. So many tests were ran. She was poked and prodded way more than an 11-year-old should be. Uh, they also took brainwave testing. Everything came out fine after two months in the hospital. With this and with her gone, the activity, activity seriously had calmed down and seemingly just stopped. So with that, um, we see that if you look into other poltergeist cases and, you know, like a timeline with it, it they don't... They're not there forever. It, like, wears down. So if you take her out of the house, and she was gone for two months versus, like, the week when they went on holiday, may have went with her or being away just helped her and then got away, got rid of her negative feelings that she was putting out there to make a poltergeist, if that's how you believe that they come about. So in the long term of things, Peggy lived in the house until her death in 2003. Janet moved out when she was 16. Margaret and Janet, for the most part, lived normal lives after this. But since it made headlines and, you know, things were documented and whatnot, um, and especially with it being uh, documented as one of the most active poltergeist cases, they were targeted about, you know, with skeptics and honestly by people that didn't have anything else to do but me mean and attack them in ways they didn't need. They just wanted to move on from it all and try to have a normal life after going through all that. Something dramatic happened, regardless of if you believe that it's true or not. Something was going on, whether it was a young girl just having a hard go at being a teenager or if there was an actual poltergeist there she did form one to happen you know you got to think back of when she got that not the hypnosis the the bendy spoon guy and she bent metal you know without even touching it she was over six inches away from it so like you got to think of stuff like that maybe she was uh, her mind was that strong that it could move stuff like that she just didn't know it it, it uh the mind is so crazy it's such a crazy thing and does so much more than we ever give it credit for as you know mama mary and i have said many many times um i probably sound like the most craziest person that you have heard so far but i just, just take a minute and think about it kind of think back on things that you thought about and they happened or and i'm not talking like big humongous things just small things i don't know it, a rabbit hole we're going to get into. So now comes the time in the case where we get down to business. You know, the story and why I'm sure a majority of you already know or already did know this case. So let's get down to some of the questions and facts that weren't brought up. And we will do that right after the break. Go get a drink or get a snack or what have you. If you're listening at work, go potty. If you enjoy listening to Paranormal F-Cell Podcast, please vote for us once a month on ParanormalityRadio.com. Be sure to see us on the monthly top 25. Also, until July 31st, you can nominate us on PodcastAwards.com. On this one, we are in two categories, People's Choice and Religion and Spiritual. In 2020, we did come up in the top 10, which was amazing, and we owe that all to you guys. Let's be honest, we want to make it to the final round again, so we can keep giving you guys the episodes you deserve. If you vote, let us know via email or messenger. We will be doing another drawing for a mini investigation kit. Includes full spec camp, flashlights, grid pens, plus more. Nothing but love and respect for our listeners. And we are back. 
So after hearing this case, and if you saw the movie Conjuring 2, you will notice the differences right away. Some things were added, of course, and some things were kept out. Some of the things I learned through researching this case and trying to dig deeper to find more about it are over 30 people reported sightings from within and outside of this house. Bill Wilkins, the name the entity had used, so even though his son Terry came forward and said it was his dad's voice and the event stated that had happened, he did die in the chair, the name is correct, and the place of death. So the info that was stated wrong was the age at death, the cause of death, and the place of burial. Bill Wilkins actually died of a coronary thrombus, a stroke. (laughs) He was 61 when he had passed, not 72 like the entity had claimed. Now, there is evidence out there of Janet and her sister faking some of the situations, but we did go over those earlier in the case. This brings us to why. The theories about what and why of this case get a little out there. So if we're going to, if we are staying on the paranormal explanation, some say it was a demon, which we hear way too often, a poltergeist, an entity that was something else completely, but using the name of Bill Wilkins to mess around. Other explanations are it was all just a hoax. My thing with that is, what did they have to gain? Which Mama Mary and I had talked about. I do think they added more to it, however. I do think it stemmed from some type of paranormal reasoning. And But that, see, this is where... The vicious circle comes in (laughs) with the paranormal reasoning. So we talked about the poltergeist forming from somebody's emotions, um, dark emotions, you know, the slow vibration when you're feeling down or depressed that we form this poltergeist. Well, that's more of a emotional science thing. Uh, doing that, and then it crosses over into the paranormal. See, that's why everything is just so gray. Um, so some even think that Janet had Tourette syndrome, which is possible, but also brings you back to the to the voices and being able to talk like that for hours at a time. Also, times at which her mouth was taped and she was holding water. So with Tourette syndrome, I've never known anybody with Tourette's. However, I have I've met people. I didn't know them personally. Um. Sometimes you wouldn't even know. Sometimes it's just like a tick where they they have to move consistently doing something. It isn't always just swear words. Sometimes it's just yelling out. They can yell out polite things. It doesn't necessarily just mean swear words when it comes to that. I, I think that's kind of a quick judgment when it comes to that. And there's ways to find that out. And she was in the hospital getting a psyche valve for two months. I'm sure they did something like that. And then they did the brainwave testing and whatnot. So I would think if they're going to do that for two months, that may have been in there some some way. <laughs> I also wanted to touch back on if it was an entity or something paranormal, what could it have been? So um, we always say poltergeist, but a poltergeist is also known as a PK manifestation. Um, a PK manifestation or poltergeist is the event where someone, usually someone with abilities, has a lot of residual emotion from their own emotions or feelings. This forms an entity of its own with a mind of its own, growing and feeding off the sensitive medium psychic's feelings and emotions until it's able to manifest its own energy built from all from all of this person's residual energy. Most people confuse this entity as a spirit or demonic presence, but they are quite misunderstood. From what I've seen and heard and learned from doing going through so many different places, if you're dealing with a poltergeist or a PK manifestation, it's the best to contact a medium with a strong presence who can show you how to clean this residual energy day by day until it's completely gone. And also, arm yourself with information because someone in your household, if someone does do that, gets their emotions, we need to learn, you know, how to, 
They need to learn how to control their abilities. So do I think it's possible Janet had abilities? Absolutely. I think most of us do. However, if we tap into them and they're not all the same, uh, I think hers probably, well, clearly we're out of control uh, besides the fact of just being 11 and doing silly stuff that an 11-year-old would do. Uh, there's so many explanations it could be, but we can't prove any of them. Another one is um, the interactive personality. The most common of all ghosts spotted is usually of a deceased person, someone you know, a family member, perhaps even a historical figure. These ghosts can be friendly or not, but often show themselves to others in a variety of ways. They can become visible, they can speak or make noises, touch you, or even emit an odor like perfume or cigar smoke, you know, stuff like that. To let you know that they're there, experts say that this type of ghost retains its former personality of when they were alive and can feel emotions, and often they are visiting you to comfort you or let you know some, something important. Um, see, that's another thing that, you know, we got the poltergeist, so we got the ghosts, we got demons, we got, there's so many different levels of what people think that they're seeing. Uh, this is where I wish Mary was here because she talks about like the other realms and stuff like that. Whether you believe it or not, it's not going to hurt you to listen to it, um, but it's scary to think about. So like with ghosts, yeah, there are people that have crossed over. Now when we talk about poltergeist, it's actually something completely different. So why the poltergeist put a name with it, see, that, I don't know, that's where I start questioning things because a poltergeist is just a vet, essentially just energy. Uh, now when you talk about the interactive, like, ghosts and stuff and uh, uh, apparitions and stuff that we see, or as paranormal investigators, we hope that we see, and we say, oh, my grandma visited me, you know, she was in form of a ghost, blah, blah, blah. It, it's not the same as a poltergeist. Um, so, but with the ghost or interactive personality that I'm talking about, they, you can put a name with them. Like, they were somebody. Now, a poltergeist, no. So that's why I'm not really for sure why, if it had a name attached to it, why they say it was a, a poltergeist. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Sometimes I just ramble. And thanks again to Hollywood, when you hear the term inhuman haunting or automatic, you automatically think of a demonic haunting. However, inhuman hauntings refer to any hauntings caused by something that never walked the earth as a human. So this would include angelic, animal, and elemental hauntings. Angelic and animal hauntings are pretty self-explanatory, but elemental hauntings are less well-known and require some further explanation. The basic concept of an elemental refers to the ancient idea of elements, earth, water, wind, fire, in ether, as as the fundamental building blocks of nature. They were prominent in many of the native cultures throughout the world. Elements are referred to by various names. In the English-European tradition, these include fairies, elves, divas, brownies, leprechauns, gnomes, spirits, pixies, banshees, goblins, dryads, mermaids, trolls, dragons, griffins, and many, many others. Gnomes are an example of an earth elemental, and nymphs are an example of water elemental. So, it could have been anything. Who's to say it was a ghost or a poltergeist that, at, you know, it could have been a Bigfoot, whatever. I, it's, it wasn't, but I'm just saying. Um, these also cause strange hauntings in your home. Uh, you don't necessarily even got to call it a haunting because that just sounds scary all by itself. But by haunting, it just means that something else is there. So... With all that fun information that we just went over, I hope that you did enjoy the case. Um, I tried to put it together the best I could, but I went over it so many times. Um, so many different resources for information. So, and I had to, you guys should have seen my notes when I first started this journey. They were like all over the place and I had to try to put them together and then find a direction to go with it. And it was all over. As you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast for the last two and a half years, it, it 
I get all over the place. So this was very, very fun to do. Um, so I thank you if you listened to, well, all three on this case, but we did put out four this week for talking about poltergeist. Uh, we do have some more coming up. I need to start delving into that information. Um, we'll see how those turn out. And if you have a topic that you guys would like to hear about and like we do like a little mini series on it, that would be so much fun to do for you guys. I enjoy the research. I had a little more time at home open up for myself, which is a good thing. So I can do this and, and jump back in, in this and learn and then share with you guys what I learned and we can all learn together. So um, just let us know. So we could go on forever with the what ifs and our own experiences, thoughts on, you know, just paranormal itself. But I am excited to get started on the next case. So email us with what you thought of everything or if you have any other ideas. Remember to email us. Well, you can email at us. Blah. You can email us at paranormalxl at writeme.com. Stay kind, stay humble, and remember, don't yuck someone else's yum ever.